Isaiah chapter 7. If you get to the book of Psalms, just go to the right, a couple of several books. So Isaiah's to the right of the middle of your Old Testament there. Isaiah chapter number 7. Let's look in verse number uh, 10. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, I want to say this. There are other, quote-unquote, what they call translations of Scripture that will take this word virgin and turn it to young woman. That is not the same as a virgin. It is vitally, vitally important that you understand this. Because this is a supernatural miracle of God that's taking place and is prophesied. Uh, So many times we uh, have these men that claim to be Bible scholars that try to make human sense out of supernatural events. Uh, When the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, their explanation was, well, they crossed at the shallow area in the dry season. I don't care how shallow it gets, and even if the season is dry, for them to be able to have the water stand up on a heap, that's a hard thing to do if the river's dried up. And then if the water was there, how did they walk through on dry land? And so these men will try to explain away. Uh, make human sense out of supernatural things. Why don't we just stand in awe at the power of God? Why don't we just reverence Him for His wonderful work of redemption that we truly cannot give full explanation of? We can understand its simplicity, but how He accomplished it is something only God could have done. It says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. And bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Now, hold your place here in Isaiah. We're going to come right back to it. In fact, we're going to come back to that exact verse. Look in Matthew chapter 1. <coughs> Excuse me. Matthew chapter 1. And let's look in verse number 22. I'm I'm sorry, back up up a little bit. Um, Let's go to uh, verse number 20. I'm sorry, verse number 20. Speaking here of Joseph, he's just heard from the angel. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which the Lord has spoken, which be fulfilled which was spoken of by the Lord by the prophet, saying, "Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel." He's quoting the exact passage we just read in Isaiah. 
He's saying that the reason that Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit and not by uh, some uh, sinful doing between her and Joseph was because it had to be a prophecy that was fulfilled, that was spoken of in the book of Isaiah. You say, why is it important that he be born of a virgin? Because that's what was prophesied. And had he only been born of a young woman, he would not have fulfilled the prophecy. There would have been room to doubt that he is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Let's look in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, a supporting passage. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Just a few pages over. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse number 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. She was not married to him yet. Of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. (coughs) So again, we find two places where the New Testament... Uh, makes mention of the fact that the Lord Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of being born of a virgin. Now hold your place here in Luke for a minute. We're going to come back over to these passages in just a moment in Matthew. Uh, so you'll be really close to it. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. There's another prophecy that's given in the same verse. Not only was he to be born of a virgin, but the Bible says, And thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. This is what his name is supposed to be. <coughs> the word Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel, means literally God with us. Isn't that interesting? That Christ would be named this. Now look in Matthew. <coughs> excuse me. Matthew chapter 1. And let's go to verse number 23. <coughs> Matthew chapter 1. Verse 23, one we just read a few moments ago. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. (coughs) The reason he was to be named Emmanuel, and I know they say in other places, named Jesus, you say, which one was it? Both. Emmanuel was still <coughs> telling us that this was <coughs> excuse me the medicine's wearing off. Emmanuel was the way of God stating to man, "This is my son. He is the Son of God who is coming down to dwell with men. He was one hundred percent God and one hundred percent man, all in one. He wasn't fifty fifty. He didn't. He did not quit being God." Uh, He laid aside some of His glory, but He didn't stop being God. He was all God. He was all man. He was deity, born of a virgin, and made in the likeness of men, according to 
Philippians chapter number 2. So again, we find that he fulfilled the prophecy of being born of a virgin. He's fulfilled the prophecy of being named Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. <coughs> Excuse me, in our last one, and probably a good reason. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, we'll begin in verse number 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. (coughs) Here Isaiah speaks of a forerunner of the Lord Jesus that was sent to prepare the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was sent to, to try to make everything work out for the Lord Jesus to come on the scene. (coughs) Now if you'll go to the book of Luke, chapter number 3. Luke chapter 3 and verse number 3. Let's back up to verse 1. We'll get the whole context of it. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of Ituria, and the region of uh, Trachonitis, and Lysanias the tetrarch of Abilene, Annas and Caiaphas being the high priests, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. Now, John is the cousin of the Lord Jesus, the step-cousin, I guess you would say, of the Lord Jesus. Elizabeth and Mary uh, were cousins. And Elizabeth, if you remember, got got pregnant a few months, about six months or so, before Mary did. In fact, one of the most amazing verses of Scripture I love to read about is when Mary came to visit Elizabeth. And the Bible says that the baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy when Mary walked into the room. From the very womb, from the very time of conception, John was preparing the way of the Lord. It was his purpose of what God had for him. In verse number 3, this, this son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, John is his name, is spoken of here. And the word of the Lord, uh, word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came <coughs> into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And it is written, as it is written, the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And John was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no doubt about it. 
And so again, Christ fulfills this prophecy by having a forerunner that 100% in every aspect fulfilled the prophecy. Uh, folks, there are, I've, I've got about 40 or so of these that I've got written down. There literally are hundreds of them. For there to even be one is amazing. If, if there was only one, we would say it was a miracle. But boy, when we begin to see how many prophecies the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled that gives no doubt in anyone's mind that not only was He a good man, not only was He the son of Mary and Joseph, but He is the Son of God come to be the Savior of mankind. There's no doubt that He fulfilled every prophecy that needed to be fulfilled for Him to be the coming Messiah that was promised all the way back from the time of Adam and Eve. And uh, I hope that will be a help to you. And again, I'll make some of these notes available to you next week if you'd like a list of these just to have. And uh, again, I'll probably, I may add to it between now and then. I know there are many, many more scriptures we could add to it and many more issues that we could deal with. So uh, anyway, I hope that will be a help to you. All right, let's stand together and be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're thankful for your word. <clears throat> Bless it, we pray. And Lord, strengthen our faith. I pray that you'd help us not to have our faith ever shaken or wavering in this. And Lord, I, I believe that every day that we walk with you that <coughs> we just become that much more certain of our salvation, that you are who you say you are, that you've done what you've said you've done, and that you will do in the future what you've said you will do. But Father, there are so many people in our world today that do not believe and do not trust. And I pray that perhaps we could know Scripture and to be able to handle Scripture well enough to be able to take it and to show them the strength of proof that there is. Not that it's needed for us to have faith in You, but Lord, it's so often necessary or helpful to bring someone to a point of trusting You. And so I pray that You'd help us to handle Your Word well, that we would take these truths and use them uh, as we have opportunity to help lead others to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> I was doing that before Sunday school this morning. <clears throat> I took some and it wore off. I would have taken some earlier, but they say every four hours it's only been about three and a half.